What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 70 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, slash your boy, Chris Pugh, and I'm joined, as ever, by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis, one day before we break up. Dude, how are you? I am absolutely crawling to the finish line. Oh, man. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, apart from that, I'm absolutely fine. It's once again wonderful to see your face likewise and do this podcast again. And what an episode it is going to be, Sam, before we get into the nuts and bolts of today's episode, let's tell everyone who we are. We are a rock and metal podcast sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Me and Sam both run that account. On the last episode of the Noise Podcast, which was last Tuesday, uh, we ran through the news and had reviews of Mice and Men's new EP, Bloom, and Noctool's Wretched Abyss, plus... We had an interview with the very band we are discussing in this podcast bassist. We spoke to Joe Principe of Rise Against. Me and you both agree, Sam, the best interview we've done as a duo, definitely? I would say so. I would say so in terms of just the, the enthusiasm, the content, everything. He was, he was such a gentleman. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and on this episode, as you can see by the title, this is our review of the band's upcoming album, Nowhere Generation. This was originally uh, slated to be on the episode that included the interview with Joe Principe. However, uh, this album had an embargo on it, but we couldn't release uh, thoughts on it until the 31st of May. So that is why this extra episode is happening. We are going to go through the record in full detail for you. Um, and let's start with that now, Sam. Uh, Nowhere Generation is Rise Against ninth album. Their first in Four years. It's out on June the 4th for your Spine Farm Records. Whenever we do a review, Sam, and even more so, a big review, I always like to set the scene, you know, man. Um, I feel like, and maybe this is something that me and you need to try and not do in future, because I feel like we did the same, we did the same with Alter Bridge. Do we, do we overlook Rise Against, Sam, when we're talking about big bands of the 21st century? Because they are one of them, and I don't think we ever mentioned them. Yeah, I think we do overlook them. I think we do overlook them. I was actually thinking about this. Um, I've got um, I've got a hot take um, on Rise Against a little bit later, um, but really we don't talk about them in terms of the great rock bands of the 21st century really as much as we should do. Mm. We should be talking about them as much as we talk about Green Day mm. and Disturbed and Revenge Sevenfold, at least in that generation of big bands that have continued their popularity over the last 21 years. Um, and Evanescence are another band that we reviewed this year that have been around since the early 2000s that we talk about, I think, that are much more in the cultural zeitgeist than, than, than Rise Against. And I think this, this band have aged better than all of them. Oh, my we absolutely, yes. uh, We absolutely um, we need to talk about it. I mean, it, again... Me and you, we're open for criticism. They're a band that really we shouldn't be overlooking. They're a multi-gold platinum-selling band, um, always high up on the bill of festivals, if not headlining, massively well-respected by their peers. They're a real solid evidence of contemporary punk rock. Obviously, the kings in that field are Green Day, but... And I, I think this was going to be... You mentioned the hot take there. I think I'm about to say what your hot take was going to be let's see i would say with the exception of american idiots rise against have had a much much better last 20 years than green day if both of these bands would have turned up in 2002 
I think Rise Against would be head and shoulders above Green Day in terms of popularity because Green Day had in that in that eighty well nearly nineteen years. How old does that make us feel? In that nineteen year span, Green Day have had one outstanding, like life changingly great record, and the rest have been one was decent twenty first century breakdown, and the rest the other five have been complete duds. Whereas Rise Against. Really, generally, there's 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 an album that me and you will talk about. Well, I will talk about with you that I, I didn't like. But generally, Rise Against have been a solid seven slash eight out of ten for their entire run, and that is a difficult thing to do, especially when really we're working off of two blueprints. Because when Rise Against first burst through, they were like a punk rock slash hardcore band, and in the late two thousands, they just became this big almost like climactic punk rock band. So they've been working off two blueprints and they've been consistently good for 20 years. That's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, I I, I, am, I have a very similar view to yourself and my my view to continue from your, your take on that was that after reviewing the Foo Fighters record, Rise ah. Against have now, be, have now become the most consistent rock band of the 21st century. Wow. Okay. That they, is they, overtook, they overtook Foo Fighters just because this is very good. And the last Foo Fighters album is tin. Oh my and God. That, Foo Fighters album. And, and other than that, before that happened, you could have made a claim that Foo Fighters had not released a bad album. And I, and I, and I agree that the album that you're, about, you're going to talk about with Rise Against You Didn't Like is great, but I would say that that is better than the last Foo Fighters album. Oh which, yeah. When you add the fact that Nowhere Generation is very good, which we'll talk about in a moment, there's made voice against the most consistent rock band of the 21st century. Is there anyone I'm missing out if you say Biffy Claro or Falling Out? Well, I mean, I, I, I would say Biffy Claro. Um, yeah, but all right, since 2000, like, you know, like a, if you, from bands that released an album in 2000, 2021, where's the contemporary? Well, I mean, off the top of my head, you're of course. Good, my immediate answer is Biffy Claro. And, and, I, and I would. When was Biffy's first album? Oh, mate, um, I want to say. You know what? I'm going to say 2001, but I did this on the last podcast. I'm going to do it now. Let me check. I want to say 2001. Um, See, I thought they were a mid 2000s band, which does throw a spanner in my um, workings. Well, no, but you 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 weren't to know that. To be fair, were you? I mean, I, you're not going to go out yeah. there searching for Biffy facts, are you? Um, Black, and Sky, not, no. Black and Sky by Biffy Clara came out in 2002. Um, okay. So that, yeah, that, okay. that was that was Biffy's debut, and then Biffy spent uh, 2002 to 2010 being like this really weird, strange, very very unusual noise rock band, and and that's where a lot of Biffy's for the people that love Biffy Clyro, they tend to love Biffy Clyro. Not every fan, but a fair few of the ones I've spoken to at least love Biffy Clara because they were this really weird, obtuse, mm. crazy noise rock band in the in the uh, mid-2000s to late-2000s. And then they became like this this rock band that could all of a sudden sell out arenas because they had this ability to write insane, right. insanely okay. catchy choruses. So I would argue then, just for the sake of my, my own narrative, <laughs> that um, Biffy Clara weren't a contemporary of Rise Against until much later in their career. So I can, for the purposes of my narrative, not to dismiss um, Biffy Clyro for any other, other site than just for this, I can say that the contemporaries of Rise Against are bands that have been modern-ish rock bands from 2000 onwards, which does, it's a small, it's a small list, albeit, 
but it does include Foo Fighters, Green Day, you could chuck some 41, Good Charlotte, Evanescence, Linkin Park, loads of bands that came out during that period of time that have become very big. And I am saying that their Rise Against are now officially the most consistent one. They're the every other band that I just named. Release album tomorrow. And I actually to rate your excitement. And yeah, it's like yeah. moderate at best. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if you were like, if I was like, oh, simple plan, new album. <laughs> I'd crease yeah, yeah. immediately. <laughs> Yeah. review it good charlotte you'd be like pass do you know what i mean like i'll be like oh placebo new record it just wouldn't, wouldn't happen would it um so in a modern rock sense I, I do think that they've taken that mantle yeah yeah i mean that's a great point i think that i'm not really familiar with them but i think queens of the stone age fans would probably throw their hat in but, there i haven't listened oh, you know what i'm not a queens of stone age fan i'm not going to pretend to be maybe muse as well um again objectively i'm not really sure but, there we are phonics but maybe. but in terms of rise against field let's be honest muse aren't in rise against field they're just not um so you dude that is a point that I would absolutely take on board. And off the top of my head, with the exception of Biffy Clyro, I really can't think of many bands um, that would that would bat that away. I mean, even like Red Hot Chili Peppers in the last decade, I'd take oh, Rise Against. I'd take Rise Against stuff over Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah, in the so last decade. Yeah, so if Chili Peppers release an album tomorrow, are you enthused? I'd be skeptical. The only reason why I the only reason why I'd be excited for the next Chili Peppers album is because John Fashante has rejoined the band. That's um, true. But, I, I'd but, be but other, other than if, if John Fashante still wasn't in the band, I don't mean any disrespect to Chili Peppers without John Fashante. But I've, Chili Peppers' last two or three albums have been fine. But without John Fashante, I, I, I find them a different proposition in terms of my excitement of something new. So, dude, I'm absolutely going to take that point on board. Um, what I've done, actually, as soon as you mentioned uh, the most, that they're the most consistent band and the band that you could and I, and I mentioned festival billings i have pulled up sam their set list from download 2018 just because i thought right let me see what a set list from rise against looks like just to kind of compound our point here of how how important how great of a rock modern rock band that they are okay so the violence satellite survive i don't want to be here anymore house on fire ready to fall help is on the way Welcome to the breakdown. Give it all. Blood, red, white, and blue. Re-education. Saviour. Make it stop. Like the angel. Prayer the refugee. Dude, that's a great 40, 45 minutes. What of that's a great... I mean, there's a couple of songs on there from Wolves, which I'm going to get into my thoughts on that album in a minute. But other than that, dude, that's a great 45 minutes. That's a crack. That's a cracking yeah. time. It, it really is. It really is. I mean, if, if, you, if you're a festival owner, uh, like Andy Coppin, and you need to fill 40 minutes, you need to fill 35 minutes come on. on a second stage, mate, the, about as much of a lock as just a sound performance as you go as you go yeah. as you're going to get. That's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Do you know what I was saying about Skindred? Where I was like, Skindred are the perfect festival band and Crossfire yeah. for the perfect festival band because their best songs run. In, uh, there's like six or seven great songs. They run for 40 minutes. Everyone's buzzing, sound. Listen to it. Oh, no, we made that point like listening to Crossfire on an album and that's a problem. However, uh, that's not the case of Rise Against. What I'm saying is they are just that archetypal 45 minute festival booking they're perfect for it well, that's, yeah crossfire and bands like that are all starter bands aren't they do you know what I mean yeah. you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have wings for your meal no, you know, no. Band, great opener do you know what I mean it's, that's that sort of thing 30-40 minutes that's all you need now I was concerned for this album Sam when we first received it and it dropped in I thought right oh, I really respect Rise Against 
I've got a lot of time for them. But Sam, you were with me when I was reviewing Wolves. You were literally sat yeah. next to me as I was typing up my review. Yes. Because you'd received it as well through your channels of noise. And, and we both said, dude, how boring is this? And I was worried that Rise Against would fall into where Green Day have been for the last decade, where it's just basically completely barren of new good ideas. Now, Rise Against did a great album in 2011, Endgame. Really, really good. But by the time it got to Wolves, I just thought, wow, the, the wheels have really, really fell off here. And I, and I find this record terribly boring. And we were just, we were just both basically saying, how can a punk rock band in this time period, now it's 2017, but even then there was loads of horrible things happening. I was like, how could a punk rock band in this time period sound so boring? Sam, do you, do you remember what, what the day I'm talking about when we sat and we were reviewing it together? I, I do, I do. Do you remember that it immediately followed drinking? Do you remember that part of our life? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do, I do. Um, and yeah, I remember saying... I'm saying, just think, why does it never happen? Where's this going? Like, why yeah. does it never have a third gear? Like, where's mm. like? And, and we were saying, you know, like again, 2017. This should be the, the time of a punk bonds band. When we were like, the next Green Day album's going to be wicked. Now Trump's in charge. <laughs> yeah. What happened to that? Where's oh, the Trump mate. album, Billy Joe? What mate, the fuck? Oh. But anyway, it's a separate conversation for a different podcast. Um, we spent 95 percent of this podcast not talking about Rise Against. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, it was it was the sound of what it was at the time, which was all right. Band past its peak, and then you sort of once you some bands you just slap that label on, and that's it. You're there, that's they're there. Like um, there's a few like this. You know, we, we, when we reviewed Megadeth's uh, like later album in like 2016, yeah. you were like, they're an old band now. This is boring. Yeah, I'm out. it's like this is oh, show me rest in peace or don't talk to me. And um, that bands get to bands get to that point and rise against it felt and punk bands there's a, there's a limited timeline really it feels like it got to that which is why hopefully you agree with me that it's an absolute pleasure that we are where we are oh mate this record's great and i love it and just one moment of not talking about rise against for a second we were talking about great you know big huge punk bands dude compare rise against the offspring I would take Rise Against every living, breathing moment of the week. In fact, I would uh, I would like you to record yourself listening to the new Offspring album for 40 minutes. It's called Let the Bad Times Roll. And Sam, it's abysmal. It's like awful, hilariously bad. It's terrible. So compare okay. Rise Against, compare Rise Against to this. Sorry, compare uh, Let the Bad Times Roll to this and rise against the streets ahead. Dude, Nowhere Generation is like really, really great. And Rise Against had absolutely no right to record an album of this quality 21 years into their career. If this album had dropped in 2005, it'd be... Wow, yeah. Or, 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 if, or, if, or if, um, if I turned around to you and said, um, oh, this is Rise Against's third album. Isn't it really good? I don't think they've peaked here. Like, it's just a great album. Yeah, and and it'd be utterly believable, and what what that that means is that this 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 is, um, this is supreming with vitality, mm. life, and energy, um, that I think has probably come from, um, the extended time that I spent in the studio, um, because the writing touring dichotomy, the two year swing at some point, that you know that you've 
you've you've squeezed it all, all you can out of the fruit. Do you know what I mean? Like every every ounce of songwriting is is just taken and just whipped in this flurry of just you're no longer writing songs that you feel good about. You're just writing them to meet a deadline and writing to put an album, yeah. to fill an album, to get on tour. And it's never your best work. It's just the work that meets the deadline because it has to go out. And it's just, it stops becoming songs that, that are written by you and just songs that resemble what you used to sound like. And that's where bands really start to struggle, I think, when they're just churning stuff out for the sake of it. Um, and you worry about bands burning out. Whereas they've had four years on this. And they've clearly had lots of time to hone, to work. And we talked to we talked to Joe Principe on, on the podcast. He describes it as an incredibly organic process where they all come together. But having that additional time uh, with, the, with the producer they had there, um, who'd worked with Jay-Z and, and, and all that sort of stuff and all the extra uh, quality they had and the time to really hone stuff, um, he's just paid some dividends here. Because I think that has given them the maybe if this album had two years, it'd be another six and a half, seven out of ten Rise Against album. But I think now they've had time to hone, improve, maybe add a couple of songs, take a few album tracks out. You know, the extra 12 months they've written a song that would have been a single on the next album because of the extra time, you know, it's made this album better as a whole. It's it's taken it to a, diff, to a different sort of level because I think just there's no basis to my theories as there really are that the numbers and seven album tracks would have been fine in a normal world mm. because that's, you know, their opening track that, that the title track, it's a, it's a good, you know, thank you rise again. So you can go on a tour again. You've, you know, you've done that and, and move on. But I think that having the additional songwriting time has meant this is littered from start to finish with brilliantly written, concise punk rock songs. Um, the, the size of which Rise Against have always have been, you know, had a way with choruses and a way with songwriting. Um, but when they're all packed together like this, it is astounding. You reach, the, you reach the final song on the album and you're like, this is extraordinary that every song is, is melodious and poppy and has a memorable massive chorus and isn't irritating. And like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's crazy how like just immediately relatable everything is. It's, I don't know how they've managed to write like 11 to 12 really anthemic rock songs when usually the concept of an anthemic rock song is usually boring by the fourth time you hear it. Yeah, because it's so derivative. Yeah. Precisely. And and, and as well, as well, this is another thing, me and you have listened to lots and lots and lots of music of which this is a big part of big rock songs as kind Mm. of things that we've listened to more often than not. And how this is the same blueprint, because it is. This is something I've not heard before. And he's still interesting and engaging. It's extraordinary to me. It really is an impressive piece of work that I think as a hard rock, punk rock album, it's as close to like flawless. I mean, I'll say it's the greatest punk rock album out there, but I can't, I can sit here for what it is and, and what it's supposed to be and who it's meant to appeal to and who it's meant to be written for and the, the, the feeling and mood that it's supposed to capture, I can't, I can't really see a flaw. Like, it, it is perfect for that job. Okay, and I think that is, for, for what it absolutely is, I think this is just absurdly fantastic. There isn't a bad song on this. I like, think that, all. I think that, um, as my mum comes in with a cup of tea, uh, I think that, like, the... The thing with Wolves that bothered me more than anything else, from what I remember, is that it didn't seem to say anything. Like, 
I don't remember like listening to Wolves and being like and, and it being really caught by anything it was trying to get across. And even though Joe Principe was was talking about how the band were driving past the same Donald Trump billboard on the way to the recording studio for every session. I mean, I might go back and listen to Wolves and see if I can pick up any anything new that's like being that's like they're attempting to get across to me at this point and see if there's something that I missed four years ago. But I remember listening to it back then and thinking, that's not even, uh, this isn't saying anything. This album's the complete opposite. But this album, it, its mission statement is made abundantly clear. Literally, 30 seconds in, you mentioned numbers. This fiery, punchy, open riff. It's exactly what you need coming out of the, out of the gates of a Rise Against record. Uh, Tim McElrath sounds the best he has since 2011's Endgame, in my opinion. There's that, there's that lyric, uh, they have the power, we have the numbers. You know, the, the message and the kind of the output that this album is trying to put across is made clear from two minutes in. It's an absolute anti-capitalism blast, this album is. It, it, and it's that message runs true throughout. It doesn't get overdone. They mix it up in, in, in certain different ways. Most of the time, the punch lands in the same area of your face, as you would expect with a Rise Against album. <laughs> but it doesn't... It, but it, it doesn't run the concept into the ground. Like you said, how they've managed to write here, what, like 12 really uplifting high-octane rock songs and not made me and you feel out after track seven, it is really, really quite an accomplishment. Dude, the, the mo- that when Sudden Urge starts... I really, really got caught on to the idea of this isn't just an album that's going to try and stick its flagpole in clean punk rock. There's a real grit to the lead riff on Sudden Urge. And there's a bridge that breaks back into the clean chorus, the lyric, light of the whole damn sky, like it's the 4th of July. This attack on American obsessive nationalism. This album is like legitimately like interesting to listen to, not just lyrically, but musically as well. And for a band like Rise Against, which we have said, this is Rise Against executing the blueprint that they've been doing for the last 15 years to achieve that. That really is something that speaks to the quality of them and this record. Completely agree. Completely agree. I love, I love the refrain on, 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 on his chorus, like the Fourth of July away lets his vocal hang. Yeah. Um, the way that he sort of, um, that cadence sort of kicks back up, and he sort of has that little bit of personality that's outside of his, his sort of uh, typical songwriting um, uh, skill and, and vocal style. Um, I think there's just so there's like five or six massive choruses here, and as well, um, you can see with Rise Against Walking Past campaign posters, if they never wrote a song again. Um, they could make careers out of writing mantras and slogans yeah. and posters um, because Broken broken Generation is another one. Broken um, Dreams. Where broken Dreams, thank you. The Broken, the broken Dreams uh, Generation, all talking about the factories and the clocks and all that sort of stuff. And it, it, it's so vivid and, and really, really, once again, wonderfully relatable and strikes to the heart of the, the American dream and, and, and the weight of capitalism which is a you know a very relatable topic internationally not just locally for their for their audience as well i just find myself incredibly won over by this now i i, I like rise against a lot and i like them more really than most bands alternative punk bands like i like them more than green day i like them more than some 41 uh, so when i hear a good rise against song it resonates with me a little bit more than a good 
song by the bands that I've just mentioned because I just like their style of songwriting. I've always liked the drum beat, the driving sort of riffs and stuff. I just, I've really, it's really worked for me. Um, so when I hear songs like like Broken Dreams, when I hear songs like Sounds Like and Monic, that are these powerful, dark-ish, um, riffy songs, I'm like in. Yeah. These, these, some, of this, some, of these, some of this riff work is he's really, really impressive. Like really, really, really impressive. Um, there's a riff on sounds like it's just terrific, absolutely terrific. That sort of leading descend, descending sort of lead passage, simple drum beat again. Like it, the, the, but it works perfectly for the driving intense thing that I want to come across. And I want to shout out um, a forfeit because it's the acoustic number, and I think it's terrific. I think I, th- I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think I think that it's massive and it's uh, immediately sing-alongable, if that's even an adjective that I can use. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of um, there's a Fallout Boy song that came out um, oh, it's in B-flat so uh, maybe like Phoenix or not, not Rise Like a Phoenix, that's a different song. Um, someone where he's like, just admit it, I Never Mattered and it's an acoustic song. Oh, oh mate, you've done it to me now, are you? Yeah. Anyway. We are like Young Volcanoes. Yeah, there we go. Young yeah, Volcanoes. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it has that kind of vibe because it's got the acoustic and it's got the low timpani drums underneath. Um, but it's not Fallout Boy, so it doesn't make me want to shove my fingers down my throat. Um, so that's positive. And um, instead, it, it when it when it gets to the anthemic part, um, it, it's <laughs> it's just it's just terrific. It's driving and it's passionate <laughs> and it's pushing. And and I don't think that he's a um, He's a strange vocalist because I think he's brilliant, but I I think he's brilliant because he has one type of melodic yeah. style and yeah. he's fantastic at it. And he, it's driving and it's passionate. Like in fourth, it's a good example of that because the chorus is like three notes, um, and he's just these long, powerful notes, and he's able to just really find the, the the perfect little pop melody in between all of his little phrases and stuff and it keeps it going it keeps it driving and they never you know there's no fat on this record they just you know play for what 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 absolutely needs to be needs to be there and i think it is is really really terrific um i'm really very 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 impressed by this because from start to finish I was trying to pick out like individual highlights, but I, I really, I, I'd just be listing all of them to be honest. But like the numbers and sudden urge for me at the top two, top two, the opening two tracks are fantastic. I love Broken Dreams of Forfeit and Monarch in the middle. I really like the opening riff of Sounds Like. I love the last two, uh, the last two songs, Middle of a Dream. Well, less so actually in Rules of Play. I like the conclusion number there. I think that, and that's six songs, like off an 11 song album. They're like, yeah, they're fantastic. They'll go like on a, a five star play. So me and I'm going to be bumping those alongside. Rise Against songs that I love. I think there's as well, there's a chance that, that you talked about the set list. There's a few songs off Wolves, like, and then that's sort of like, you know, you're sort of not as enthusiastic about those. But I really think the numbers is as good of good of Rise Against song that they've, they've written yeah. since Satellite. Numbers go straight that, in that set list. And, and it's absolutely a, a brilliant song. I, I also think that, you know, Sunnerge and Monarch could be there as well and they, they wouldn't feel out of place next to Give It All or or Save You or something like that because they've got that sort of that sort of vibe of driving um, intensity and immediate relatability about it. And I'm so happy for this band. I'm so yeah. happy for this band because you're right that we don't talk about them enough. And every time I hear them, 
I'm like, oh yeah, I love this band. I, I really like this style of music and I like this version of punk rock. And also this is a reminder that this can be done well. Yeah. Um, this can be that and by by an older band as well. There is a there is a template here, there is an intensity, and there is a way to be able to do it because I mean I use this analogy all the time. But if, if Green Day wrote half an album like this, mm. you would you would be ecstatic. I would, yeah. I would, and I, and I would feel absolutely the same because you know, a, a lot of those bands haven't written a, a few songs as good as this for for several several years, and that's not just a Green Day thing. That's a that's a wider thing than it's a wider net that I'm casting there for that. Um, I think this is I think this is really really phenomenal, like lower half of my top 10 album of the year type consideration the title track on this album is is the big single release from the record and you can see why it's positioned and written as the album's big like epic and i think it's the best example of rise against attempting to write the big universal rock song since they did savior it's got this really monolithic chorus line simple chord progressions as is Rise Against, you know, that is Rise Against, simple chord oh, yeah. progressions, which so, so effective. My my favourite song on the album now is Talking To Ourselves. The way Tim McElrath, like, crawls across that chorus, the, the, the um, I never wanted to deserve the piece, but it feels like no one's listening. Are we talking to ourselves? For a start, that lyric's awesome. And secondly, the way his vocals just creep across that and the way it's performed, so infectious. And I think it was when I hit, because talking to ourselves, it comes number four on the album. And I remember the first time I listened to this album, I was on the train to, and then walking through Telford. And talking to ourselves came on, on the train. And I knew once it hit that, I was like, right, okay, this is an album that's like really great, that, that they've got no right being able to do at this point in their career. This is, this is brilliant. And, I think that Rise Against have always been good at that infectious sing-along of, you know, if I said to you, name a Rise Against song or stopped a, a random person in the street that someone told me they liked alternative music, I reckon there's a decent chance they'd know Prayer of the Refugee. That song is like kind of universal. Mostly because of its stint on Guitar Hero. That's how I first came across Rise Against because of Guitar Hero. But there's something to the way the chorus presents itself on Talking to Ourselves. It's like insanely, insanely capturing. And that song just, as soon as I heard it, I was like, this is one of the best songs they've done in years. And this album is a really, really great album. Dude, Sound Like has got a mini breakdown. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did you see that coming? It has. It's got no, a mini breakdown not. on it. I was like, I was what is this? Man, it was like, this is brilliant. I was, I was really impressed. And that's another thing. Um, They've renewed the intensity of injected ing- aggression into some of their music here. This is this is really, 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 really impressive. You were talking as, as well about Monarch. Just after the No Longer Will I Be Prisoner to MTF in Words, a solo comes in. And this this record is like, like chopped full, jammed with these huge setup lyrics for huge moments, you you made a really good point. If Rise Against decided to dissolve tomorrow, they could just walk around writing, they could just be a, a work for a marketing company, writing billboard advertisements. 1,000%. They are great. They are still great at doing that. And this album yeah. is, is, yet, is yet more proof. I, you see, 
and, and I think I think this is it, right? This is where the real proof of the pudding comes in, whether whether a, a long time band have done a great album, is where the album tracks don't feel like six out of tens. Because Midnight of a Dream is an album track, but it's got a real gallop to its bridge into the chorus and a real chest pumping rhythm. And the lead riff gets like a kind of a millisecond of isolation, the middle eight, which really changes it up. So that's the, even though it's an album track, it's not, it's not a song that I would be like, yeah, six out of 10, we'll move on. Forfeit. I'm not as into it as you, but I think it's, it's a, it's a perfectly sound inoffensive acoustic number. And Tim McElrath, Sounds great because, like you said, he is great. He he is one of the most reliable vocalists that we've got in alternative music. Easily, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, we were talking about Miles Kennedy, Sam, a, a couple of weeks ago. I don't think Tim is that far behind him. I'd still have Miles Kennedy, but I don't think the distance is great. I think it's quite small. Oh, I don't know, man. I think Miles Kennedy can do much more. I think he's got a greater range. I think, I think. I think if we're having it, I think if we can frame the conversation as like who's better at their individual craft, and then you can say that yeah, that's Tim where I was going. like you yeah. know he's as good a pop punk vocalist, pop rock vocalist as Mark Kennedy's like a rock vocalist. And that's a good conversation I could get with that. But like if like you were saying to Tim McGrath, can you do and then like do all the you know the Oxys Woods and stuff? I think yeah. But Miles Kennedy would lap him, to be honest. And I yeah, don't yeah, to... sorry. I, I was framing it. I was framing it as in in their given field. Right, yeah. In that circumstance, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you. I think Tim is, is terrific. He, he he might be he might be the best, might be one of the best voices in 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 alternative rock period, mightn't he? Yeah. Um, um and I, the more I think about it, you might know a little bit more about it than me. You might be able to refer to sort of younger bands that are up and coming, but to have a vo- voice that consistent. He has sounded the same since 2000. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you did 21 years of touring. And it just doesn't, it doesn't have that sort of impact on your throat. And I don't know what he's doing. He's clearly looking after himself and whatever that that's working out for him. And that's phenomenal. Because you hear these horror stories of vocalists that just lose their voice and go through all these trials and tribulations. Um, And I'm glad that that hasn't taken place, but he's the star of this band. Like you know, like like it, yeah. he's 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 the centerpiece, and and, and there's some, some terrific riffs and, and some and some fantastic bass bass lines, and, and the drums are always terrific for what they're supposed to be. Um, but he's he's the center stage. It's his lyrics and his songs and his message, um, and it kind of rises and falls with his uh, with his songwriting. And I, I really do think that they've knocked it out the park, dude. This is a special record, isn't he? This is like a really special record. I really think I really think that it is. I I I do think it has a great chance to 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 be on an um to be on an album of the year list because, um, again, I mean, how do you how do you compare an alternative rock album to a metal album, a deathcore album? You can't necessarily do that apples for apples. You can't. But what you can do is say, is that a better album within its genre? Mm. This album is within it, you, and you can do it that way. And I'll be honest, this is as good an alternative rock album than Cannibal Corpses was a death metal album, and we were raving about that. Yeah, you know what? That's a good one. That's a good for, one. For yeah, what it yeah. does within its genre, and as well, again, it's an appropriate comparison because it's like, is this band done? Can this band do this? You know, longevity, and you know what I mean? It's like the kings of the blueprint have come back 
and, and proven why that they they can do it sort of better than anybody else. It's 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 you know I mean? it's like an aging athlete still being better than everybody else. Uh, and and this is what it this is sort of what it what it feels like. So that's that's what I would say for me, and that's the way that I would, you know, sort of put it up. And in that circumstance, I don't think there are many albums that this year that have come out that are better in its genre than Rise Against are in its. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, wow. Um, no, I'll okay. put that on you again. No, no, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that... I mean, that's that's a great point. You, the Cannibal Corpse comparison, obviously not musically, but in terms of... Yeah, of in, in terms of this is a punk rock album that's a great punk rock album, that was a great death metal album. How great an album in their genre is this. I think those two could get rid of easily throw fists with each other. Absolutely. This um, is a, a great question, record. A question a question for you, because I haven't heard the album. That thrash metal album you said that was like, this is the best thrash metal album of the year, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, boy, I mean, I'll kill Grig by Enforced. That album's ridiculous. It's insane, right. that album is, is. Is that a better thrash metal album oh. than this is a pop, is a pop oh, punk mate. rock album? Oh, mate. Um... Have I asked the question? Yeah, that's a mate. That enforced album's ridiculous. You, you that, is that, need to listen is that to a that. Ten out, is that a ten out of ten thrash metal album? Like that would be. You could say that this is as good as X Exodus album. This no, nah, yeah. no, it, it's it. You know, I don't think Killgrid South of Heaven, let alone Rain in Blood. But it's okay. But it's is, it's it's the best. It's the best. It's by far the best thrash metal album since. Um, Pepper Trips last album Nightmare Logic by a mile and this, mile. And this Rise Against album is an American idiot no nah. it, it's in that it's in that probably in that level below right top of very good yeah all yeah. time great but absolutely like an eight and a half out of ten sort of record and that's mm. and, and again 20 years down the road 20 years yeah. later ridiculous what, what, what number album ridiculous. are we in now like Nine. ninth tenth ninth yeah, ninth but you say the bands don't have the right I mean then they do it's just they rarely exercise it don't they they're just yeah. they're not this they're, they're, they're never this they're never this good i mean death mm. magnetic was metallica's 10th record yeah um you know um oh ninth i think i think hardwise was their 10th sorry yeah death magnetic was their ninth that that wasn't as good as this is for, no. for within its genre again no no um so i'm i'm with i'm with you bro i'm with you man big up rise against man how awesome is this i love Man, I love being able to prove myself wrong. Cause you know me, dude. I I'll come on this podcast and I said loads of times, oh, do they have to do another album? Do they have to? I, I honestly think after Wolves, uh, my thoughts would have been do they have to do another album? Because I can ha- I can happily listen to Endgame for the rest of my life. Pews and CDs put in sell by dates on album covers. Yeah. But man, I've been proved wrong. Great. Keep keep prove me wrong, please. Although we both know that there'll be plenty of albums still this year that prove me right on that on that idea. But this one's proved me wrong. Great. I've got no problem admitting it. If I was worried about Rise Against, I had no reason to. This is a nowhere generation is a really, really great album. As we speak, if you made me choose 10 now, I think this would be in it. Where exactly I'd put it, I don't know. But I think this would definitely be in it. Really, really wonderful surprise how great this album is. I think I would um, I think I would agree with you. And as well, I think they, they tour, we've got to go. Oh, my God, yeah. I think this would be... Because I, I went when I was like 15 and it wasn't really the same sort of... Well, maybe 17. 
wasn't the same sort of joyous experience that I think me and you would have. But I, I think this would be a tremendous era Great 20 time. minutes of my, of, of my life. Um, I think they'd just be awesome. So, yeah, I, that, is the, that is the biggest recommendation because I, I could give because it's like you didn't expect it to be good and you're wonderfully surprised. I expect it to be good but not to be sucked back into the degree that I'd want to go see them actively and that has absolutely happened. Um, their guitarist we spoke to last week and he's wicked. This whole Rise Against experience has been so like heartwarming and endearing. This is this is terrific. Like it really, really is. Dude, uh, we are going to leave it there for our review of Rise Against Nowhere Generation. If you are listening to this, the album is out on June the fourth via Spine Farm Records. Me and Sam are going to be back next Tuesday. We are going to be talking about the new Hacktivist album, as well as the new album, Go Ahead and Die, which is Max Cavalera and Igor Cavalera, his son's death metal band. So that's going to be particularly interesting. I've also got an interview with Twitch streamer Elliot Lever coming up on that episode as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you are still here, follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is absolutely the best way to support us. We are going to be back next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye.